Welcome, everybody. Just so you'll know, this podcast is off the rails before we ever got started today. I'm not sure if I want to do a podcast with these two today. Isn't that pretty much every week, though? It's just the typical. Some days are worse than others. We start off the rails. Some days are worse than others, and this is one of them days. Good to see you guys. You too, man. Good to be back. All right, question that is burning on everybody's mind. How are you feeling? Everybody could tell last week that you were feeling too <laughs> good. I heard that good. all day. I heard that <laughs> so all day yesterday. We want to know, how are you feeling? I'm a lot better, yeah. All day yesterday, people came up and said, are you okay? I'm like, how did you know I was sick? They said, the podcast. <laughs> so we listened to the podcast. We're like, oh, he's getting sick. <laughs> Truth is, I went home after the podcast, and this is the first time I'm back in the office since the podcast. Yes, yes, it is. So here we go. Yay. We are glad to have you back, though. Glad, glad you're be feeling back. better. Missed y'all. Man, we are so tired of people being sick. <laughs> oh, goodness. So I was in bed so, for about four days. It was so, a, many, so many people yeah, here, so many people you know, at home. You man, just been sick the last, feels like the last month, of just sickness all over the place. Yeah. Yeah, man. Tired of that. Ready for people to be healthy. And uh, glad you're healthy. Glad you're back. You sure can't tell it when you look around. I'm a little scared for everybody to get healthy again. It's where we're going to sit, everybody. And I'd, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. Bring up the stressful <laughs> thing. Yeah. Right Why do we got to do that? that? Right. No, that's <laughs> Thanks really a cool. lot, sir. Yeah, yeah. Get Greg all stressed now. Start breaking out in sweats on Monday. I ain't supposed to do that. <laughs> <laughs> well, Greg, you shared a great word with us yesterday. I really uh, liked um you opened up talking about the goat. I did. Who is the goat? NBA. In, NBA. Did you say that yesterday? I did. I did not say that yesterday. Who's the goat? Who, uh, what's the debate? Is there a debate? Well, not should in my, there be a there debate? There should not be a there debate. Be. There is a debate. We but are in should, North Carolina. By yeah, the way. yeah, we are. But we also watch basketball. Listen, you know there are these, you know, there are these young bucks out there who think that LeBron James is the goat, and that they can have that opinion. They're just wrong on it because we all know that the goat is Michael Jordan. I mean, six and zero in the finals. I mean, you just got to watch Michael Jordan play. He came in and absolutely changed the game. Offensively, defensively. Not that he ever went out, but when he was there, (laughs) it was a different game when he was on the court. And he he was at a whole other level. I'm really trying to see if I can get, you know, the guy behind the camera riled up a little bit there because I think he might have a slightly different opinion on this. Really? (laughs) Yeah. I think he does, but, I mean, I'm just kind of trying to see if I can get a good smirk on his face back there. (laughs) I didn't think I raised anybody that could even question Michael Jordan. I do do blame you. I do blame you completely and totally for this. Greatest baseball player of all time. Ooh. There's there's more room for debate in that one. Let's hear it. I have no idea. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the greatest baseball player of all time. Michael? You got one? I wasn't prepared for this question. Hank Aaron. Hank Aaron. Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't like it. You don't like it? <laughs> I would have a hard time making an argument against him. Hank Aaron Babe Ruth. I think you Babe Ruth is the first Babe one that went through, my, went through my head. Mickey Mantle uninjured. The thing people don't know, and, and this is not exactly the purpose of our podcast, but the thing oh, is people not? do not care about yeah. this. Well, we this just not? don't care today. I'm on medicine. I don't care. The thing about Babe Ruth people don't get is that Babe Ruth was a Hall of Fame pitcher yeah, before right. he became the incredible hitter he was. But if you want to talk about – I hear older guys say this, and this is way before my time – if people talk about a, just an inhuman baseball player in the field, it was the guy who just died, Brooks Robinson. I hear so many people talk about him as third base. He's like a vacuum cleaner. That's not a name you hear tossed around a whole oh, lot no. at all. Um, if, if you're a baseball fan and haven't watched, go check out some videos of him uh, vacuuming up 
grounders and hitting the first baseman. I mean, he was incredible. If we were going to have this conversation, we really should have called our friends up, uh, Miles Nelson, to come and sit down with us. We and need have, Miles we, in we here. Need Miles to have this conversation. definitely talk baseball with us for sure. The GOAT, anyway. Yeah. You're talking about long way <laughs> oh, did around. Did you get a message this week? There. Let's did just talk about the GOAT this week. <laughs> no, nope, we just talked about GOATs. <laughs> the GOAT, you talked about greatest disciple. And the, the disciples did come asking Jesus that question, yep. who's the greatest? I love that. Because the disciples were real human beings yep. like us. Yep, very much so. We have conversations a lot uh, about, you know, like we just had, you know, about the greatest of all time when it comes to a, a baseball player or basketball player. But, uh, you know, I said this yesterday. I think there is a desire within, you know, most of us, if not all of us, that we want to be great at something. And for the disciples, they had uh, surrendered everything to walk with Jesus and to be his disciple, right? I mean, so that was their entire life uh, at that point. So they wanted to be great at it. And yeah, it comes up in conversation. I wonder which one of us is the best, which one's the, which one of us is the greatest. And so they got so bold as to ask Jesus one day about it. You know, I went to see The Chosen last night. It's out in theaters, the first three episodes of yeah. the latest season. And they get into that a bit. You start seeing the disciples jostling for position, you know, saying, who's the greatest disciple? And I love that. Um, I love it because it gives them just a humanity. Sure. I think if you were to hang out with the disciples, it would be like hanging out with some regular guys who had all their hang-ups and all their issues, and uh, Jesus brought them together. So, yeah, they're asking who's the greatest of all, and then Jesus throws them a curveball for sure. Huge, huge curveball. Not exactly what they were talking about or expecting or anything like that, but... You know, Jesus grabs a little child, a random kid. At least in my mind, it's a random kid that's just standing there. It says, "Okay, it says, go, <laughs> we'll go with that." Come here, <laughs> come here, and he stands him amongst these adults and uh, says, "All right, you know, if you want to enter into my kingdom, you have to turn from your sins and uh, become like this little child." And you know, and then takes it a step further and says, "Whoever becomes humble like this little child will be the greatest in my kingdom." So, becoming the greatest in the kingdom is about becoming childlike. Yeah, yeah, and, uh, um, you know, I, I, for the disciples at that point in time, man, that, that that doesn't make any sense. And not like it makes a whole lot of sense to us today that to be great at something, we got to become like a child. Uh, but for them, you know, even more so than I think it does today, children didn't ho- have a whole lot of significance. You know, they, you know, they were taken care of. I never, I never wanted the message to come across that, you know, children were cast aside during that time period. It wasn't the case, but they just didn't hold a whole lot of importance or significance. That society, they were seen at the low end of the totem pole. And uh, for the disciples, when they were asking this question, they were, you know, really looking for a pecking order uh, here. You know, who was, who had the most responsibility, who had the most authority, who had the most power, who was the best. And uh, Jesus brings up this little kid who in society's eyes had no significance. I was I was listening yesterday and appreciate that. I, yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> Thank you. I got a lot out of it. I really did. I was listening just uh, during the uh, early service yesterday, and I just felt the Lord saying to me, "Are you willing to be vulnerable mm-hmm. before me?" Mm. That's tough. Yeah, that's tough. I uh, you know got this love God obviously and have a relationship with Him. But uh, I still like to feel like I'm holding part of this together. Yep. You know? Yep. I feel like I'm maybe holding my home together or my career together or my finances together. I've got it all together, and I'm hanging on to some of it. No. (laughs) (laughs) That's hard. I think that's part of that. You want to be great at something. Like In the scheme of things, we're saying, nope, you're actually not that great at it, and without him, you're not pulling it off 
you know, it's, it, it, land, it lends itself into the idea uh, that we were kind of talking a little bit about yesterday when it came to this thing that being vulnerable, this idea of being childlike is coming to a place where we recognize our dependency. You know, I hate that word. <laughs> you know, and, and I don't think anybody wants to feel like that they're dependent on somebody else to do things for them or that no. they're responsible for them, you know. Um, but ultimately, in the same way that children were and are dependent upon their parents for everything, man, we really have to come to that recognition that I am completely, in, I don't do anything without without God allowing me to do it, you know, I, I, without him giving me the ability or the skill or the opportunities. Uh, it, it, it doesn't happen, and, and that, doesn't, that doesn't jive with our mentality because we like to feel like we're holding it together. We like to feel that, you know, I'm making the decisions here and I'm making the choices here, and, man, that's, that's, why, it's ha- that's why it's going so well. You know, it, I like to feel like that I'm making some good decisions here at the church, and that's one of the reasons why things are going so well, but it's not about that at all. Man, I am completely, and we are completely dependent upon God for everything. And that has a humbling effect. We're Americans, right? Our founding yes. document, if you will, is called the Declaration of Independence. <laughs> yeah, you know? sure. And there's a spirit of that in our country to be independent, mm-hmm. to do our own thing, to have our own freedoms. And I'm certainly not knocking America. No, I'm no. as patriotic as anybody else. But uh, we can get into that independence so much. It doesn't work in the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. I'm still dependent on him so much. John the Baptist said this. He was talking about Jesus, you know, and people were coming to John the Baptist saying, hey, Jesus is taking over here. He's baptizing out here, and everybody's going to him. Mm-hmm. It's like everybody's coming to John the Baptist saying, hey, everybody's going to Jesus' church now. You need to change <laughs> right. up something here. You're losing disciples. Yeah. And John's response was this. He said, a man can do nothing unless he receives it from heaven. Wow. He got it. He said, I know my calling, and I know he is. And he actually was telling people, yeah, yeah go follow him. Right. You know, uh, that's so tough. As a pastor, how would you feel if, if – um, let's think about it. <clears throat> church across town, all of a sudden, all of the people that are in your church start going over there. And uh, now the guy down the road is the – hot topic, you know, and that's the church to be at, and your church is dwindling and struggling a little bit. How would you feel? Oh, I'm freaking out. <laughs> yes, yeah, like, mean, what am I doing wrong? Yeah, i got to yeah, fix this. i, mean, I got to make this work. Uh, you know, you're, 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 you're probably changing up mentality and, 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 you know, vision and everything else that goes along with that, trying to figure out why those people are leaving and how to get them all back. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think there's a sense of panic that has comes into play, and there's a sense of, okay, what's wrong with me? Uh, what, what, am I, what am I doing wrong here? Hmm. But John goes back, John the Baptist just simply say, you don't get anything unless heaven gives it to you. Yeah. You don't get anything legitimately it's for your benefit unless heaven hands it to you. That's hard. That is hard because, I mean, you know. I want to make my own way. A young age, we're taught work hard so you can, you know, get what you deserve, you know, mm-hmm. earn it. And, uh, you know, of course, you know, you come back to, Grace from, you know, grace in and of itself is something that we don't earn. <laughs> Do you remember a time as a child, I'll quiz both of you. Do you remember a time as a child when maybe something your mom made for you or did for you when you first learned to do it for yourself? <laughs> <laughs> My mom had all three of us washing clothes pretty early, so I remember learning how to Ugh. get in there and no, I didn't do it right ever. I just threw it all in there, put it on cold and said, go for it. 
But uh, I remember that moment. It's like, okay, we got this. I had to figure it out. Now I've got to do this. Yeah. How about you? I just I remember in elementary school that it became my responsibility to get myself up in the morning and to make my own breakfast and get ready for school. And I remember, you know, my parents would would get up in time to take me to the bus stop because we lived in a we lived in a trailer park at the time, and you had to go to the very top of the trailer park uh, where the bus would stop. And so they would get up in time to take us to the bus stop. But it was my responsibility and my sister's responsibility to get ourselves up, get dressed, breakfast, make sure we're ready to walk out the door, and. Uh, yeah, I can remember when you know when that kind of switch flipped there, and it was on us. My mom cooked like crazy. My mom was an incredible cook, so she always had food, food, food. She cooked all the time, so food was there. I remember getting out of the house and like, I'm not going to get this good food unless I learn how to do this. <laughs> Where's food coming from? Right. Where's food coming from? And she cooked so well that I didn't want any garbage food or anything that wasn't done well so i i learned to cook some stuff that i like you know when i was in college even i remember learning to cook does that give us this uh tendency towards independence we're like i'm gonna do this for myself there's something that feels good about that sure well yeah i mean look i mean I can remember, you know, graduating college and, you know, getting my first job and, you know, not going back home and, 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 and living with parents or anything like that. But, you know, there was a sense of, you know, of accomplishment that, hey, I had gone to college, I had graduated, I had gotten a job and I was out of home. And it was a sense of there's, there's a sense of pride that comes along with that and feeling like, hey, I, I'm relying upon myself and not anybody else. So it's good. It's good to be able to yeah. wash your own clothes, cook your own food, yep. make your own bed. That's a good thing. But it can go too far. Absolutely. How does that happen? I think it's it's kind of a balancing act because I think you have to realize I'm dependent on God at least to carry out what God's got me called to do, like to really lean into that, and without him I'm not doing it. And I think there's people that probably lean too far the other way and go, well, if God doesn't do something, I'll just sit here and wait and see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. And then nothing happens. So I think it's, it's a weird balance of like leaning into God and – realizing he's calling you to do stuff which is really where you get in your message like it it well brings you to do these things there i mean there i think it has the possibility of leaning back into this tendency you know not tendency but the you know debate where you know he says become childlike there's a difference between being childlike and childish mm. childish allows me to sit there and say i just wait on everybody to do everything for me uh childlike says i real and i recognize my dependency on god but he's given me uh, ability and opportunity for me to work hard, for me to earn uh, earn a living and, a ta- and, and not to be this the, the lazy bum who just lays on the couch eating Cheetos, right? But I mean, that I can, you know, that I go out there and I do what God's called me to do or do what God's asked me to do. So, you know, become childlike, but don't live childish. You might think there's a tension in Scripture, and I guess there is between Jesus and Paul on this one, because Jesus said, you know, unless you become like a little child, you mm-hmm. can't enter into the kingdom of heaven. Paul said, when I became a man, I put away childish things. Sure. So what's the, what's the tension there? How do we resolve that? I think he just said it. There's a difference in being childlike and being childish. Yeah. I mean, when, we think, when, we, when I think about being childish, I think about, acting like a child you know that yeah. the, the immaturity the the whining the throwing fits the the different things like that when i think about being childlike i think about the awe and the wonder that a child that a child has that that imagination that comes along there uh with them as well that you know when paul talks about putting away childish things it's I put away the, I put away the idea that when I don't get my way, I'm gonna, you know, stomp my feet and throw my throw my tantrum and everything like that. But I can still have this awe and this reverence and this wonder of who God is. Incredible. 
It is. It's great to be on this journey with Jesus and walk with him in dependence. And I think growing as a disciple is just a it's a journey in learning to depend more on him and less on what you can do. Yeah. That's good. That's yeah. good. That's good. So we figure out who the goat was. Did we settle that ever? Uh I, I think mean, it was it, you is what we landed on. That, that we did say <laughs> that, you know, the greatest of all time preacher was indeed Andy Craver. Yeah, somebody I was sitting on the second row when you said that greatest preacher was me, and uh, he turned around and said, what an apple polisher. I said, I actually put that in his notes. So <laughs> so he's not, he's just, he's teleprompter. Now, I mean, you know, yeah. you, know, you got to take opportunities in public when you get those opportunities to be able to celebrate the greatness. lead pastor at our church and the greatness that comes uh, when he steps into the room and steps onto the platform. So let's end it. Greatest place you've ever visited. If you could go back and Ooh. spend a week at a place on earth Oof. that would be your happy place, tell me where it is. Good grief. How about you go first and you let us kind of. <laughs> yeah, so why don't you put that in it, <laughs> it would be for me, it would have to be mountains in Switzerland. Okay. Most beautiful place. You get in the middle of there, there's a place where there's a lake, and there's a place that's called, uh, I went one time, Interlaken, Switzerland, that has a lake and a walking path and mountains all around. That walking path is like a happy place, and I've only been once and may never go again. But uh, <laughs> what y'all's? Man, oh, man. I got nothing. I got. I got. I don't have mountains. Well, you told me to go Switzerland. first. <laughs> I, mean, I, I did, but I was like. Yeah, yep. But you already had your answer. <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> oh, man. You, you got, got unlimited budget for a week. Unlimited, but I've never been. But what, I would I've be to a there. lot of different I mean, places. So, what's the place that you've been that would be the greatest? <sighs> greatest place I've ever been. I don't know, the Craver's house, maybe. Okay, I think we're just going <laughs> to end it World? right there. This has become the unproductive <laughs> now. <laughs> the Craver's house. This conversation yeah, no. isn't it. I want to let you know that. <laughs> this is not the greatest of all time conversation. I will throw that out. Guys, we're going to spare you, put you out of your misery, and say goodbye. Thank you for being with us.